Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before I start this week's episode, They Walk Among Us has some exciting news. Mark Thursday, May 30th in your calendars because that's the day our first book, they Walk Among Us, a chilling casebook of horrifying hometown crimes, will be released. Ten new unsettling and extraordinary true crime stories including cases about a deadly doctor, a parachute saboteur, a surrogacy con woman, and a false confession to a heinous murder. The book will be available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook, and can be pre-ordered at all good bookshops. Visit the link in our show notes to find out more. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 35 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. For early ad-free access to episodes, visit patreon.com forward slash they walk among us. Please note some of the names of individuals mentioned in this podcast have been purposefully changed for legal reasons. Listener caution is advised as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Martin and Bridget Rooney, their grown sons, Martin Jr., twins Patrick and John, and their daughter-in-laws all lived on a traveller's site in Drinsey Nook, Lincolnshire. They lived an affluent lifestyle, splashing out on plastic surgery, driving top-of-the-range BMW cars, while wearing expensive Rolex watches and designer outfits. They enjoyed luxury holidays to Mexico, Barbados, 
Egypt and Australia. Their homes were kept immaculately clean. The sofa still had the plastic sheeting that protected it when it was first purchased. The carpets were always freshly vacuumed. Footage of a bungalow they owned in Drinzy Nook would later be released, showing pale decor, carpets throughout, and ornate furniture. Some pieces seemed overly lavish and out of place. The Roonies took pride in where they lived. Extended family members resided nearby in Washingborough, Lincolnshire, and at sites in London, Nottingham, and Buckinghamshire. An aerial shot of the land where the Roonies lived in the small village of Drinzy Nook pictured green fields surrounding a collection of single-story red brick homes with a few dilapidated caravans nearby. The reasons the Roonies were able to enjoy the extravagances they did lived in those caravans. The Rooney family owned a tarmacking and construction business, but they weren't the ones doing the hard graft. The occupants of the caravans were used as labourers, their living spaces unfit and run down. The old caravans beat up and damaged had enormous holds due to missing front panelling, letting the cold wind find its way in. The interiors were more unpleasant than the exteriors. Grey tape precariously pinned the fractured fragments of the window glass together. Cigarette butts and dog feces covered the floor and walls. Filthy bedding lay on a small thin sofa used as a bed, and the mattress and duvets were soaked in urine. An exposed wire ran outside of the caravans, dangerously and illegally siphoning electric. Electricity was the only necessary amenity they had, No running water, no cooking facilities or even a toilet. The occupants would go in the trees nearby or use a trench. Without running water, their personal hygiene suffered. The workers were not there through choice. Almost all of them were trapped in a situation which seemed impossible to get out of. The men the Roonies recruited were vulnerable and homeless, often with a history of addiction or had learning difficulties. Some were undocumented immigrants, making them particularly susceptible to the false promises the Roonies made. The men were off the grid, and some of their families were not even looking for them. One victim's sister later said her brother told her he was approached while he was sat on a park bench. Jack, not his real name, was homeless, had learning difficulties and a history of drug abuse. He would have likely been watched over a prolonged period by the Roonies, observed seeking help at the homeless charities across Lincolnshire. One of the Roonies asked Jack if he wanted some work. He said no thanks but they were persistent, offering 50 to 60 pounds a day. In the early 90s, that would have been a good wage, especially to someone who was homeless with no opportunities on the horizon. In addition to the job, Jack was promised free accommodation, 
his own caravan on sight, and hot running water. When he got there, the reality was very different from the one he was promised. He was housed in a ramshackle caravan where he would remain under the Rooney's control for the next quarter of a century. Jack's life consisted of 12-hour days, often seven days a week, labouring in all weather without a break from the Rooney's demands. Food was scarce and he was fed only once a day, the remnants and leftovers from the Rooney's dinners. Bridget Rooney, the matriarch of the family, monitored food. She used it as another form of control. Jack's daily wage never materialised. A limited supply of cheap cider and a pouch of tobacco was Jack's payment for his hard work. When he wasn't working, Jack was either helping the Roonies with household chores, tending to their animals, or scouring the streets for scrap metal which the Roonies could later sell. But Jack wasn't the only person made to work. Other victims lived on site, made to sleep in the horse's stable, the dog's kennel, or if they were lucky, another one of the dilapidated caravans. Passports were confiscated on arrival, and exhaustion cider and the odd supply of cannabis kept them placated. They were too frightened to leave. Jack had his front teeth knocked out with a concrete paving slab for daring to defy the Roonies. As punishment for getting up late, he was also struck with a rake by John Rooney. The wounds caused permanent scars to his head. On another occasion, John Rooney forced Jack to dig his own grave. In a woodland near the site, he was told to dig. He didn't know what he was digging. He dug anyway, and after a while he asked if the hole was big enough. He was commanded to carry on. Soon after, John Rooney pointed to the freshly dug hole and told Jack, You're going to work for me for the rest of your life. If you don't sign this contract, that is where you're going. Over the years, some victims did escape, but others weren't so lucky. Gary, not his real name, found himself at a site in Washingborough, Lincolnshire after being approached by Joseph Rooney, brother to Martin Rooney Sr. Gary was living rough in a tent in Lincoln when Joseph Rooney offered him a hot bath and somewhere to live and work. Believing his luck had changed for the better, the 54-year-old got in the van looking for a new beginning. After two weeks, Gary wanted to leave and return to his tent. But with no money, he made it only two miles on foot before a vehicle with a number of the Roonies inside caught up with him and took him to Drinzy Nook. The notion of trying to escape soon evaporated when he witnessed another man being severely beaten for trying to flee. The Roonies told their victims they were free to leave at any time, but their actions told a different story. One unwilling resident was told his legs would be broken if he tried to escape. That same man felt so desperate at one point he said he wanted to commit suicide. One of the Roonies said he would get the rope. Things went from bad to worse when Gary was taken to Scotland and forced to work there. 
he was given a filthy rundown caravan to stay in with another man. His roommate was heavily dependent on alcohol. When he wasn't given something to drink, he resorted to consuming a bottle of screenwash. Gary found him dead the next morning. Another one of the Rooney's victims who wished to remain nameless later spoke of being attacked and almost run over by Martin Rooney after upsetting one of the family members. He said, We were supposed to be going out to work, all of us. I went to get into the back of the van and Martin punched me about six or seven times in the back. I've gone, well, fell forward onto the seat because he's hit me in the ribs and when I went to get back up he punched me in the back of the head three or four times. I've dropped to the floor and somehow I've ended up halfway under the van. Martin was going to jump in the van and basically run me over. A further victim forced to work at one of the Rooney's sites, who we shall refer to as Adam, recalled witnessing a severe assault. The man Adam described had accidentally run out of petrol while doing a job for his captors. He abandoned the vehicle and when he returned he was at first beaten by the Roonies and then assaulted further by the members of the Roonies' extended family. Adam said, They punched him in the face. One even had a shovel in his hand. I saw them punch him in the face and kick him in the face. For certain someone had a homemade sword or machete. I thought they were going to kill him. The man survived, but he was covered in blood and his head was severely swollen. Victims who found the courage to complain about their living conditions, lack of payment and feelings of being trapped were told by the Roonies they, in fact, owed the money to cover the rent. The Roonies claimed their reluctant residents needed to carry out more unpaid labour to cover the alleged debts. One Christmas a neighbour brought some beer to the Rooney household for the workers as a gift. The Roonies weren't home but Jack and the other men were thrilled, quickly consuming the alcohol, celebrating the festive period. When the Roonies returned and found out what their neighbour had done, each of the men was severely beaten. The Rooney's victims were frequently denied medical assistance for the injuries sustained either from the beatings or during the work they were made to carry out. They weren't given proper training and certainly no safety equipment that would protect them from the dangers of the job. Illnesses and medical conditions were often ignored though it was reported that at least one man with diabetes was permitted insulin. Some of the men were in receipt of government benefits, but the money didn't go to them. The Roonies had taken control of their bank accounts. Some of the money was used for building supplies for the business. Some of it went direct to the Rooney family, paying for their gym memberships. When the twins Patrick and John Rooney were youngsters, they attended training for Manchester United Soccer School. Their attendance was paid for by the family's captives.
Concern for the welfare of the men working for the Roonies was reported to the police by members of the public that had grown suspicious. Between 2014 and 2015, a project in Lincoln that helped support the marginalised and homeless called Beatitude, held at St Mary Le Wigford Church, had an intake of six men that had managed to escape. Reverend Jeremy Cullimore, who worked on the project, said at least 12 other men were reluctantly affiliated with the Roonies and eager to cut ties. The victims were often sent to the Salvation Army and urged to call the police. Reverend Cullimore told Lincolnshire Live, We operated a day centre at the church and staff from the Nomad Trust would have to come over to escort people from us to the night shelter in Monks Road because the Rooney's white vans would be waiting in the street. It was like escorting schoolchildren on a trip. The Reverend went on to talk about instances of violence involving the Rooney's. He said, I was shocked at just how violent and evil the Rooney's were. They would go around with Stanley knives and slash people and stage fights in the camps in order to attack people they had taken a dislike to. I'm an ex-army intelligence officer and I spent some time working with warlords in Bosnia in a liaison capacity. There was one guy over there that would get his rocks off by tying people to logs and putting them through a sawmill. Alarmingly, the reverend added, I would say the Roonies are as bad as any of the people I came across in Bosnia. The Rooney's approach of driving around in vans seeking people out to exploit was a concern to the Reverend and staff. They implemented a system as best they could, trying to ensure vulnerable people in the care of the shelter were not alone. The Rooney's, who were often less than subtle, came into the shelter one day to retrieve a man who'd fled and managed to make his way back to Lincoln. Reverend Cullimore said, The family came to recover a man who escaped from them, and they were saying quite clearly, he's ours, he owes us money, and we want him. I turned around and said, you know I'm a priest and I can absolve you from your sins, but beware, I can bind them to you forever. Now think on this. And they left. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. The police were taking concerns about the Rooney family seriously, and Operation Pottery was launched. Lincolnshire Police and the National Crime Agency carried out seven simultaneous raids in Drinsey Nook, Washingborough and sites in London and Nottinghamshire on September 22, 2014. Initially there were six arrests. Two victims were found being kept at Drinsey Nook and three at Washingborough. Further victims were traced, predominantly through the links they made to the agencies that had supported them in the past. At least 18 men, aged between 18 and 63, had been forcibly held against their will and used for slave labour by the Roonies. The number of arrests soon increased, principally members of the wider family. From the Drinsey Nook site, this included 54-year-old Martin Rooney Sr., his 52-year-old wife Bridget, their three sons, Patrick and John, both 28 and Martin Jr., 20, along with their daughter-in-laws, Nora and Eileen. On other sites, Martin Rooney Sr. had three brothers, John 50, Lawrence 45 and Gerald 42, who were also arrested, along with Gerald's brother-in-law Peter Doran 33, his 51-year-old cousin Patrick Rooney and Patrick's 32-year-old son Martin. A detailed family tree had to be constructed by the officers working on Operation Pottery to more easily identify the links between the Roonies and distinguish the multiple Martins and Patricks throughout the family. Chief Superintendent Nicky Mayo said of the victims, Many were very, very thin and they were absolutely filthy. These individuals didn't have a toilet, so many had to go in the woods. In fact, some were kept in a stable block nearby with animals. So absolutely disgraceful. The investigation was extensive. A total of 2,000 lines of inquiry were pursued, 
1,830 statements were taken from 939 people and 4,200 exhibits of evidence were collected. Nearly 50 hours of interviews with the suspects were recorded. As part of Operation Pottery, some further possible fraud offences were uncovered. Four elderly and infirm people living alone were targeted, coerced into signing over their properties to the Rooney family at well below the market price. Three of the properties were then sold on, netting the Rooney's a minimum of £250,000. One of the victims took his case to civil court and managed to get his home back. Another older infirm couple were persuaded to sign over their property to Patrick Rooney after he convinced them he was a relative. He offered to repair and renovate the house, telling the couple he would split the profits after it was sold. They were relocated to a dilapidated caravan in Drinsey Nook for a time and were then moved on to the Washingborough Travellers site two miles away. They were required to pay rent for the caravan but local authorities became concerned for the couple living in such poor conditions. The elderly female had complex health issues, so they were rehomed by the council. Patrick Rooney kept the £62,000 profit to himself after selling their property. A man who was dependent on alcohol and had dementia signed over his home to John Rooney. His parents and sister had died leaving the property to him. It was signed over on the promise that the Rooneys would renovate the property in South Brentford and allow him to keep living there on a rent-free basis. Once the home had been transferred, the man was sent to live on a traveller site in Beaconsfield called Sanfoin Farm, where another branch of the Rooney family lived. The man's physical health declined rapidly, he developed foot problems and his dementia got increasingly worse. He was left abandoned at Lincoln Hospital's accident and emergency room. The staff there provided what assistance they could before he was moved to a care home. His family didn't know where he was until police contacted them as part of Operation Pottery. He had passed away in November 2014. His home had been sold for £250,000 and the Rooney's pocketed the profits. Chief Superintendent Nicky Mayo spoke to the press about this case and said, The really sad part of this man's story is that we were able to trace his friends and family, who were not aware of his death, so hadn't attended his funeral. After the victims were rescued, they were taken to get clean and comfortable. A charity worker recalled one man coming in and asking how long he could shower for. After he was told, for as long as you like, he spent 20 minutes scrubbing himself red raw and came out looking completely different from the man that went in. He used an entire bottle of shampoo to feel clean again. Jack's sister spoke of the first time she saw her brother in 26 years. Fighting back the tears and wanting to fall to her knees due to the utter shock, Jack looked emaciated and his teeth were almost all black with rot. Although now free, 
he was still so institutionalized he had to be reminded to eat three meals a day. From St. Mary Le Wigford Church, Reverend Cullimore spoke of the support he and the Nomad Trust provided to help the men get back on their feet. He said, One of the things we did for the victims, who were a combination of English and people from overseas, was to restore their paperwork. They had had their passports stolen or taken from them, and were living in awful accommodation, and if you're a stranger in another country, that's a hard situation to get out of. The victims are not people who would ordinarily speak to the police, but with a bit of encouragement they did just that, and the police actually listened to them. I cannot praise Lincolnshire police enough. Police would later interview the victims about their daily life and living conditions. Videos were released with their faces blurred and voices distorted. One of the men was quizzed by an officer and asked, How do you think you were treated? I'm not so good, but I would think maybe, maybe as well as what I could expect. The man later mentioned the camaraderie and laughs between workers, but also his thoughts on what he went through. He said, We was treated wrong. We shouldn't have been treated like that. He used to get up my nose. The officer asked, What parts are you talking about? How were you treated? And the man responded, It wasn't, can you do this? Can you do that? Go do that. Go do that. And before you got over there, you'd get a job over there. And which one do you want to do first? They then discussed the lack of wages. We didn't get wages. A bottle of cider and some tobacco don't, don't work out as, as wages to me. The subject of holidays also came up. I haven't had a holiday for 10 years. <laughs> do, do you ever think I, I will get some wages? Because I don't. In a second interview with another of the Rooney's victims who wished to remain nameless, he said he was approached when he was very drunk and he agreed to work for them. Living conditions were discussed, though it wasn't stated which site this victim was held at. His caravan had no electricity and the victim had no access to water, nowhere to make meals, no basic facilities. The toilet outside was a small, sparse shed with a hole in the ground. While being held, the man witnessed a fellow captive being assaulted. They beat him up. Oh my goodness. Three, three people being married and kicking him when, when he was lying on the, on the ground. When asked how he would describe his time on the site, the victim answered with one word. Wasted. Modern slavery is an absolutely despicable crime. It robs people of years of their life. The men were forced to work long hours on unsafe building sites, left to go hungry, controlled and beaten. They preyed on the homeless, on the mentally ill, promising them a home, promising them work and instead turning them into slaves. Lincolnshire police say it's one of the largest and most complex modern slavery rings they've ever uncovered. 
those responsible, will be sentenced next month. After the initial arrests had been made, it would take nearly three years to bring the case before the courts, partly due to the large volume of defendants and complexity of the charges. Four separate trials were held across the summer of 2017, however reporting restrictions were put in place so the outcome of each case was not made available to the public until a verdict was reached on all four. 11 members of a family who ran a modern-day slavery ring for nearly 30 years have been sentenced to up to 15 years in jail. The judge, Timothy Spencer QC, said your victims had reached a position where they were cowed into submission. They knew that any resistance was futile. It would have been met with you recruiting more family members to deliver more violence. Lincolnshire police say they currently have five more slavery investigations still underway. Five members of the Rooney family from the Drinzy Nook site face prison sentences. All were convicted of conspiracy to require a person to perform forced or compulsory labour. The patriarch of the family, Martin Rooney, was also charged with unlawful wounding. He was jailed for ten years and nine months. His wife, Bridget Rooney, who had no additional charges, was sentenced to seven years. Like his mother, Martin Rooney Jr. had no additional charges. He was given six years. The Rooney twins John and Patrick received the most severe sentences. John faced additional charges of conspiracy to defraud, fraud by false representation and two counts of theft. He received 15 years six months in prison, just three months less than his twin Patrick. His charges included assault, causing actual bodily harm, and two counts of theft. The twins' wives Eileen and Nora were both acquitted. Two more Rooney family members, a father and son, also called Patrick and Martin who lived at Beaconsfield in Buckinghamshire, both received a suspended sentence. Martin two years and Patrick twelve months. The two residents of the Washingborough Travellers site in Lincoln Peter Doran and Gerald Rooney were both given six years on a charge of conspiracy to require a person to perform forced or compulsory labour. John Rooney, who resided at a site in Pontefract, West Yorkshire, was found guilty of two counts of conspiracy to acquire a person to perform forced or compulsory labour. He was given five years, ten months. Lawrence Rooney was already serving time in jail when sentencing was handed down. Another six years were added to his prison term. The Rooney family were jailed for a total of 79 years in September 2017. Drinzy Nook was raided again in late October of that year. £100,000 worth of stolen goods were retrieved from the site. Amongst the items were metal cemetery gates pulled from a church in Lincoln, £14,000 worth of bricks that had been lifted from building sites, three industrial jackhammers, four caravans, three power generators, a camping pod, and worryingly, a stolen Labrador dog. The lab and the items were eventually returned to their rightful owners. 
Further investigation identified that through illegal trading, the Roonies owed no less than £97,300 in unpaid income tax and VAT. The following year, another family member, Joseph Rooney from Washingborough, faced charges at Leicester Crown Court in March. They included one charge of conspiracy to require persons to perform forced or compulsory labour and three charges of causing actual bodily harm said to have taken place between 2010 and 2014. As he was in America when the initial arrests occurred, his sentencing was delayed. He would later receive 11 years in prison. Chris Davison, Chief Superintendent with Lincolnshire Police, spoke about what the force would be doing next to tackle the ongoing issue of modern-day slavery. He said, We will not rest on this result as there are potentially other victims of modern slavery in our country. We are exploring five active investigations and we will continue to put any victims at the very heart of our investigations. The severity of these crimes is underlined by the sentences imposed by the judge. The victims will never get the years back that were taken away from them, but I hope this provides them with some comfort that justice has been served and demonstrates that we will do everything in our power to try and stop others suffering in the ways that they did. Chief Superintendent Nikki Mayo spoke about what she saw during the raids. She said, When I first saw the victims, they were very dirty, very thin, and had no self-confidence. She commented on their progress and stated, Now it's incredible how they have come on. Many are working or at college, and they have a second chance in life, and that's so heartwarming to see. After the trial, a man called Rod Smith came forward after seeing the news reports and said he was also a victim of the Roonies. Um, I was homeless in 1991 um, and they were horrible, they were nasty. I am, um, they offered me work and obviously when you're homeless, you think I jumped jump at the chance and then you're misled and I was beaten on a number of occasions. And you lived in fear of them. Life was constantly a threat and constantly backhand. I was so surprised when I was watching the news yesterday um, and I'd heard that they'd been locked up because they're just pure evil, they're nasty. And many years of... Rod Smith said he lived with the family in the 1990s. He described being forced to sleep in a toilet cubicle after being picked up in London. He received numerous beatings, but none of the wages promised to him. He managed to escape and start again, leaving that part of his life behind. That was until he saw the Rooney family again on the televised news coverage. So where are we now? Half of the Rooney family appealed their convictions. Martin Rooney Sr., his wife Bridget, and their three sons Patrick John and Martin Rooney Jr. 
hoping to minimize the time they would have to serve, Gerald and Lawrence Rooney also appealed their sentences. All but Lawrence Rooney appeared via video link on December 13, 2018. In front of Lord Justice Holroyd, Mrs. Justice Andrews, and Judge Mark Lucraft QC, Defence Barrister Jason Bartfeld QC argued the Rooney's convictions were arguably unsafe. He questioned if the victims had been deprived of their free will. He claimed they had two choices, even if they were very poor choices. One choice being to stay with the Roonies in awful conditions and no pay, or leave and walk to Lincoln and return to homelessness and uncertainty. Jason Bartfeld QC insisted that the jury were misdirected by the judge with the definition of the charges brought against his clients. He said at the trial, the judge described that forced labour could be required by methods that involve deception, abuse of power, or exploitation of vulnerability. Jason Bartfeld QC went on to debate the interpretation of exploitation and free will. He said, If someone is prevented from leaving, threatened with violence in order to ensure they work, then that would amount to the offence. If, however, they are offered a choice, that is not a denial of free will. It may be exploitation. It may be that they choose the better of two very poor choices in life, but it is not a denial of free will. Jason Bartfeld QC suggested if the men were able to move on the charge of forced labour should be quashed. The outcome of the appeal is expected at some point in 2019. While under the control of the Roonies in 2011, Jack was charged with burglary with intent to steal from a nightclub called Brummel's in Leeds. He didn't attend the court hearing so was fined £165 and received a two-year discharge. The charge was disputed and ultimately overturned even though the crime took place four years before the 2015 Modern Day Slavery Act, which states, A person is not guilty of an offence if, amongst other reasons, the compulsion is attributable to slavery or to relevant exploitation. Jack is currently claiming compensation through the courts for the 26 years he spent in servitude. Judge Timothy Spencer QC came under fire for statements he made at the Rooney family sentencing from the National Alliance of Gypsy Traveller and Roma Women. While addressing the Rooney family's claims that their behaviour was common across traveller sites, Judge Spencer said, You claimed that what went on at Drinzy was no different from what was going on at any traveller's camp around this country, that all travellers had worked operating under similar conditions. Sadly, I very much fear that you may be correct about that, but that does not make any of it right. Shay Clipson spoke on behalf of the Alliance to the BBC and claimed the judge's comments potentially demonised everybody. She said, It gave the impression wherever there is a gypsy site there is the potential that people are being exploited. 
Judges are not supposed to make social comment, but if you felt the need to do so, it would have been better placed to ask why so many vulnerable people are living on the streets where predators of any ethnicity could exploit them. Jacobson detailed her personal experience of traveller sites and said, I am Romani and I frequently visit sites and I have never been on a site where I have seen people being treated as slaves. The Judicial Conduct Investigations Office reviewed the grievance against the conduct of Judge Spencer at the trial. After two weeks of investigation, the complaint was dismissed. Modern slavery in the UK takes many forms, including sexual exploitation, forced labour, domestic servitude, child labour, and less commonly, organ harvesting. A Home Office report entitled The Economic and Social Costs of Crime estimates the yearly financial cost of modern slavery in the UK is between £3.3 to £4.3 billion. The emotional and physical cost to people affected is immeasurable. If you hold information that could lead to the identification, discovery and recovery of victims in the UK, you can contact the Modern Slavery Helpline on 08 121 700. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. a spy can change the course of history, but the text of a spy's life is written in the shadows. We shine a light to illuminate their story, their human stories, the people behind the legends. So sit back, relax, and listen as we tell a tale of history, mystery, and intrigue. Spy Stories Podcast, because every life is a story, but some are bestsellers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.